Okay, we'll stop there. <laughs> We're about to get a deep look into Colton's psyche there. Right. I mean, isn't that what this show is about? <laughs> Pretty much. Haven't we, we learned 65 episodes of... <laughs> this of is basically figure out what makes Colson tick. <laughs> and then um, how it affects you two. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh... It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. Whee! I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. <laughs> Who doesn't love the bounce castle? <laughs> Hitler. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be awash in unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is January 16th, 2022, and this is episode 565. Coming to you from the high school home of Jamison Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, I'm your host this week, Jason Triplett. This show, we're going to discuss a 0-3 week of Pacers basketball, including games against Boston, Boston, and Phoenix. Joining me this week to discuss it all are two of our three analysts, coast-to-coast like butter toast. First, from snowy Asheville, North Carolina, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles. It's John Coles. What is up, Pacer Nation? What is up on Debeatables? I... It's amazing that I even have uh, wavelength to talk to you. We are fully snowed in here. Um, but what I would like to do is shout out to uh, the host, Jason Triplett. Um, I know it's been a rough week, and uh, every time Joey's not around, we just make you do this. So, shout out. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Shout out. <laughs> and from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? China Tank Blueza, 0 and 3, baby. Mm. You know, I predicted 2 and 1, I believe. I don't know why you did that. <laughs> I didn't know at the time why you were doing that. <laughs> he saw something. He saw something in Phoenix. Mm. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's go find that glint of hope remaining in your soul and just squash that ember right out. <laughs> I had well, I'm gonna do, the Lance uh, feel. The Lance feel. Uh, three quick shout outs uh before Ooh. we get started first uh shout out to the enforcer we had a birthday last week oh happy birthday buddy. what thanks man um uh, you're 54 <laughs> perfect nailed it congratulations thanks uh second my dad who also had a birthday last week also 54 out, also 54 <laughs> also 54 <laughs> and uh finally to my uh what is he grandfather-in-law uh alan Serrell, big al as we know passed away uh last week uh at the ripe young age of 106 years old wow and uh this dude was incredible and uh he deserves a shout out we throw away we throw around the term um uh american hero or what do we call that what do we call uh d.y young she's uh 
American treasure. Anyway, yeah. this guy is actually an American treasure. Uh, served in World War II on the only battle on American soil, um, but was like a really interesting dude, just like hung out in Alaska and picked flowers with a botanist and like hung out with all the dogs and whatnot. <laughs> like was not a war guy, but was there. Huh. And uh, yeah, led an interesting life, um, was super interested in everything. And, and I'm super glad I had a chance to have him as a part of my life for a little, little bit. And he will be missed. Shout out. Shout out. <clears throat> so shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, I, and actually I'll include a couple links in the show notes. Um, so you can hear more about his incredible story from World War II. Uh, and before we start the show, I uh, just want to remind you folks that this show is brought to you by you. Uh, if you want to support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash undebeatables, and you can donate uh, or subscribe for as little as a dollar a month. And if you give 5 or $10, uh, you get some uh, behind-the-scenes action. You get to get in on our Slack chats if you want, uh, and get a koozie. Okay. <laughs> Three games this week in Tankapalooza uh, world. Uh, starting Monday, January 10th, the Pacers played at Boston. Uh, close one here. Ends up going into overtime, but the Pacers don't have enough uh, left in the tank to pull it out, and they lose this one 101-98 to uh, to the Celtics. Uh, Tory Craig, the Pacers' leading scorer with 19 points in this game. So shout out to him, but anytime Tory Craig's your leading scorer, it's probably not. <laughs> it's not it's a not W. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Demonis Sabonis had another triple double, 11 points, 22 rebounds, and 10 assists. 22 rebounds. And, yeah, and uh, Lancey Pants was making him dance. Uh, chipped in 14 points and made some. Uh, Pretty good place down the stretch there. Uh, Wednesday, January 12th, uh, played the Celtics again, this time in, in Gamebridge Fieldhouse. And uh, this game was not uh, at all like the first one. Of course, the Pacers are returning. Brogdon uh, returns to the lineup. Levert's returning to the lineup. So we got all our horses. Got, Here we go. Got worse. Here we go. <laughs> Let's lose by 19. So the Pacers dropped this one 119 to 100. Uh Miles Turner led the way with 18. Sabonis had 17. Did he lead the way, though? 16. <laughs> Sorry. Statistically, okay. yes. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into it, but Brogdon reappeared and played uh, 17 minutes before re-injuring his Achilles. Uh, and then Friday, January 14th, pays round out the week against, uh, I believe, the league-leading Phoenix Suns. Uh, again, fight valiantly. For three quarters and then uh give up 38 or something in the fourth quarter and uh lose 112 to 94 this one uh holiday justin holiday the the leading scorer in this one 25 points hits 7 of 14 from three-point range uh lavert took over the playmaking duties uh had 20 points and nine assists and it's a bonus yet another double double uh 14 points and 14 rebounds in this one uh, and so with that recap, there's a lot going on. And Boy. to summarize this, I'm, we're going to turn to our newest segment, uh, America's fastest growing po- poetry segment in podcast <laughs> form, the Haiku Life Champagne of Poems. 
Corner featuring uh, John Coulson. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, this week, thank you for setting me up uh, Ed, because some some weeks it feels a little out of place. But this week, I feel like I'm dead on with this one. Season midway point is here. Time to reflect on middling pointless team. (laughs) (laughs) These are cheerier every week, aren't they? (laughs) Basically the, the, the last one that the only one that was happy was the Lance one. I think everything else has been just really sad. It's been a tough year, Harper. It's been tough. Uh, well, Harper, what did you see this week uh, from the boys? Uh, well, went out and found some new ways to, to lose some basketball games. Always fun. Uh, we got some free basketball if you wanted more of that in the first game. We wanted more basketball out of these guys. Um, I mean, it's just not a very good week. Uh, th- that Phoenix game was kind of fun for a while, but, I mean, even when we were kind of in that thing, the ends of quarters, the end of halves, they just shut the door on us so hard. They are so much better than we are. Um, and it was fun to watch Chris Paul put us in the spin cycle there at the end of that one. Um, but not very, not really not that competitive um, when, it, when it came down to it. It's tough to lose two to Boston. Um, I don't know. Is this team actively tanking now? Like, what is happening? Well, no, this is the, so. This is my thing, Arbor. Like, I like I, I I agree with you. Like, in a different season, I'd be like, oh, hey, look, we played well against uh, the Suns, and we just got beat at the end of quarters and the end of halves, and they're the best team in the league. But the thing is, is when you look at it, you're like, are we like, are we are we even good enough to be? like getting embarrassed this way like like on some level like it seems like this is this is falling apart right like i i thought we could at least split the boston games we were in boston we forced it to overtime i mean actually uh jason tatum forced it overtime but um you know but lance you know had a beautiful rebound and like passed down like a full court pass to like make it interesting um at the end of that um i I thought, um, I just feel like on some level we are trying, but like we're nowhere close to anything and it's not, I just don't, I can't accept the fact that we're this bad. Like I really can't, like I feel we have enough talent. Like we're not filled with a bunch of first and second year guys. Like this is, this is what you look like when you're tanking and like, I don't understand how we got here. It's been it's been a rough week. Well, we so. <laughs> are uh, one and nine in our last ten and thirteen games under five hundred. So, well, yeah. I mean, and also I think we're I'm gonna say like you know I think the stat is we're one and fourteen in games decided in the last three minutes or whatever or five minutes like that 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 resonates. We've talked basically this entire podcast about how we can't win down the stretch, um, but like, damn, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that pretty much says it, right? Like, uh, yeah, I mean this team has had a myriad of issues this year. Um, case in point, the second Boston game, uh, three point shooting. I think the Pacers were uh, they shot nineteen percent from three point range, mm. 
Yeah, which is not good. Mm-hmm. At one point, they were five for thirty-one or something like that, which is like bordering on twelve percent. Uh, they finish. What was it? Seven of thirty-six. Uh, seven for thirty-six. Mm-hmm. So they brought it up there towards the end, which is good. Um, but I mean, it's just like the the things that you need to do to win basketball games. Like this team just not does not do in today's NBA, right? Like shoot the three pointer. Uh, and close down the stretch and you know we're, we're seeing case in point how nba games are won <laughs> or lost uh these days right you need a guy that can make shots down the stretch and you need to generally shoot pretty well from three-point range to stay in striking distance um until the last five minutes basically and, and then, then you've got to rebound and win the loose balls and be sure. you know i mean so Okay, my my thing is we we went into the mirror and looked at the Celtics. So this is another team that is having a full meltdown. They have an identity crisis. They don't know who they are. They're they have got they've got two all stars, but they're um, they're not overachieving. They're underachieving, and they're struggling. And we looked them in the eye and we said. I bet I can be worse than you. Hold my beer. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is these guys have no idea. They don't, they have not figured out. How, uh, Jason Tatum has not um, unlocked his full potential. Um, Brown is probably as good as he's going to be, and he's excellent. I mean, he could score 30 on you on a night, but like, I'm not sure he's a superstar. But they have these two wings, right? And you think they can build around them, but they're not a cohesive unit. And I figured we could walk in and look in the mirror of a team that was also having an identity crisis and at least win one of those games. And we made it interesting in one game, but Tatum has still got more juice than anybody on our team. Absolutely. Well, and he's one of those guys that can create his own shot and make his own sh- and make shots, yeah. right? Like down the stretch. Like he's got that clutch gene, whatever that clutch it factor is, he has it. And Jalen Brown does to some degree too, right? Like he makes big shots. Uh, we don't have a dude on that team. What made this Boston back-to-back thing worse to me was, okay, you drop game one, and then game two, you get fresh horses. We get a whole new lineup. We get Lavert back. We get Brogdon back, which are, in theory, our two best know, backcourt two players. Two of our best, like three players, right? right? And instead of coming out and uh being engaged from the beginning and and being full throttle we we trailed wire to wire in that game we're never in that game right and (laughs) i just don't understand like like it's not like boston i guess boston had tape on what they had seen before but like you'd think you just rely on what you saw the night before or two nights before and then you come out and there's a different lineup you'd be thrown for a loop a little bit you know, we didn't even impose our will enough to 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 make that an issue. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, imposing our will is not what comes to mind when we give up sixty-seven to their two best players <laughs> and twenty-three to Schroeder. By the way, Dude, yeah. but 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 Harper, do you feel like this again? Like, you know, we had a back-to-back, and we've talked a lot about how it's hard to win both those games for either team. Um, because you see each other the night and the night after, and like you can make adjustments. Does this speak to 
coaching again, which is I keep pressing on. But like we we made it interesting in the first game in their house, and then they came to our house, made adjustments. We brought in new people, and they were still comfortable with beating us comfortably the entire game, throttling us, yeah, stomping on us. Yeah, I mean, is this is this uh, uh, does this this feels like a coaching issue to me? And I and I keep harping on this, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's Carlisle, it's Carlisle, it's Carlisle. He's the best. He's he's won a championship. He's good." But like, this is incredibly disconcerting to me. I mean, I get it. <clears throat> that doesn't the the second Boston game didn't feel like a coaching thing to me, simply because. As a coach, when you know you get two of your starters back, you don't feel like you should have to do that much. These guys are going right. to come out and take care of business because that's what they get paid to do. You don't have to, to do, do anything. Yeah, right. I mean that should They're be adults. the spark that they need, right? right. They shouldn't need okay. a fiery speech from coach to go out and win. You know, game forty-one in the middle of the season. They should be excited to have their teammates back. But that, I, I mean, we got our starters back and we got worse, right? I just this team mm-hmm. is confounding in that way, and. It, it again just makes me even more question our our personnel. To me, it was a, a energy and effort thing from this starting unit. Again, we've talked about how that group sort of has no chemistry, and it showed in that Boston that second Boston game. I mean, I didn't catch a lot of that, but what I did catch of it, I, you know, they they rallied a little bit to close the the first half, uh, but then come out of the gates pretty stumbly oh yeah and then get rocked coming out of the locker room just like not um engaged really like nobody was really like oh let's do something about this and you know when the starters come back you know i mean we've seen what lance can do energy wise in that i felt in the first boston game that lance provided a lot of great energy in the third quarter or fourth quarter um sort of bringing us back into Keeping that game us in and it. making it competitive. Making it right? to get it overtime, honestly. You know, and then he sees 20 minutes in the um, the second Boston game, I think, something like that, and then uh, only 10 in the Phoenix game because you have these, you know, guys back, you know, the Karis Leverts and Chris Duartes that need to see the floor and have, you know, previously, quote-unquote, earned their minutes. But that means that the one guy that's out there, like, bringing – vivacity to the floor is not seeing the floor. I think I, not that it, and I should say not to say that Lance has been the, the, the answer at all. No. Lance has come and we've won one game in the seven that he's played or something like that. So it's not like, you know, all of a sudden he came and we're, we're playing winning basketball. It's more fun basketball when he's on the floor. Yeah, but like, for sure. We're not winning ball. No, games. I mean, like, we can't score a hundred points and in the NBA, <laughs> if you can't score a hundred points, you're not going to win a lot of games. So adding to our defensive woes, now our offense sucks too. Right. So we're not good at, at, at either phase of this game right now. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I thought Duarte's energy was, was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he plays really hard, but you know, again, these guys just—I mean, I don't know. With the weapons that we have, hitting triple digits shouldn't be this big of a lift. I, you know, I think you know. For me, uh, we talked about this even last week. Like uh, Sykes and uh, Gummy Bear, and um, you know, Lancey Pants are playing hard. They're the new guys, and uh, you know, I don't know if. 
the coaching staff is resonating with them or whatever, or they're not the damaged players, but like they're the ones that are like making stuff happen. So you bring back these starters and you're like, okay, well, we're just not going to play these other guys that many minutes anymore. These are the guys that are keeping us competitive. I think you're doing a disservice because the thing is, is this team from top to bottom, we're how, how many games are we under 500 right now? Uh, 13 is a recording, I believe. So why do I trust my starters? Why do I trust anybody that plays on this floor? Why do I not give the minutes to the guys that actually give a shit? So, I mean, for example, you said that uh, Miles Turner led the way the other night. I don't believe that. I walked that game. He doesn't. He didn't lead the way. <laughs> I, 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 um, you know, uh, you know, I have not. I've talked some some schmack about uh, Demonis Sabonis and. He's been our most consistent player, but like he doesn't have the ability to take over the game in the final minutes and say, this is mine. Mm. We don't have that guy. Right. And maybe maybe because it's a wing league or whatever, but like we don't have that thing. And so we're either going to go on a massive losing, like we're going to like drop a 15 point, uh, run at the end of the third and lose in the fourth. Check. Or we're going to go to overtime and not have the, the you know, um, the guys to hit the baskets to win the game. Check. Or the defense to stop. Check. Bingo. On. Or to get the rebounds that you need. You know? Like, I mean, I just think that this is, for me, this has gotten to the point where I, I think this is why all these guys are the trading block, honestly. But the Karis Levert, Malcolm Brogdon backcourt, and the Demonis Sabonis, Miles Turner frontcourt, none of these things are working right now. And it's got to change because this is, I mean, look, was a two and one theory on my part optimistic? Yes. But we should have won one of these games. At least one of them. I mean, we were in one of the games. We had a chance to win. We were that first in game. one of the games. <laughs> we were in the other. We were in one other game for three quarters ish. I mean, I just, I never thought Not we were really. going to win that Suns game. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> never. But like we made we it look competitive going. for at least three quarters. We were never going to win that game. Whenever they wanted to impose their will on us, they right. did. Right. Good teams do that. Right. Yeah. And we're not a good team. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's tough. You know. When we do get into those situations where we need a bucket, we really don't know what else to do other than just throw it into Sabonis. And every team in the league just knows to throw three guys at him. Triple team him, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, then we'll miss a wide open three because we shoot 19% from from the arc now. Like, atrociously bad from the arc. And, like, like, and it's not like they're constantly challenged looks. It's not like teams are, like, running us off the three-point line. It's, like, wide open looks. And we just... And none of I certainly don't have confidence as a fan when when those shots go up that they're going in, and you can see it in the guys' faces that they don't have confidence that it's going in. Other than Lance, Lance well, yeah, thinks that, every that's, shot. That's, that's why, but that's why Lance matters because he makes ever people believe, and I just think he needs to be on the floor more because he makes other people believe. Because he, he makes me engaged as a fan. Yeah, <laughs> you cannot play him ten minutes against the Suns. And tell me you're doing the right thing as a coaching staff. Like I'm just yeah. I'm I'm just I'm I'm kinda out right now on the Carlisle. 
Yeah. Like, well, you get know, your you shit together, to... man. I mean, nobody Last gets an A plus about, right like, now. Uh... Yeah. We, and we, you we, guys were having a, the eternal debate again last week of whether or not we should be uh, trying to make it into the play-in and, and get better or, or just go ahead and tank. And you're like, well, we're closer to the play-in than we are to to last. Which is true. Barely. <laughs> it is barely true now. <laughs> we are at seven games out of the 10th spot right now. And we are only seven and a half games ahead of the Orlando Magic. Mm. Uh, in the standings for the worst record, have the, in the worst league? record in the league, and there's there's still in the NBA. I had forgotten about Orlando completely <laughs> as an entity. Yes. Uh, so yeah, and uh, as far as going forward, uh, where where this tank of Palooza train is going to head? Uh, <laughs> next stop. <laughs> next stop, <laughs> California. All right. Uh, Monday, the Pacers take on the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, that's a 3.30 start on your uh, mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. <clears throat> uh, uh, where are we at? Wednesday, uh, Pacers stay in L.A. And, and play the other team that plays in the – it's not the Staples Center anymore. It's, it's Bitcoin Center? No. Crypto? <laughs> something like that. Crypto. Yeah, cryptocurrency. Yeah. Dot net uh, or something like that. Anyway, they play the Lakers. Uh, Thursday, a back-to-back, mind you, fly up the coast to San Francisco and play the Golden State Warriors. Dub. <laughs> and then Saturday, travel to Phoenix to take on the Suns in the Footprint Center and uh, get their footprint all over our face. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, silver lining, uh, it's a West Coast trip, so if you go to bed early, you don't even have to watch the game this week. <laughs> See, I'm in the wrong time zone, it's, man. It's <laughs> kind of like turning off the news. Like, you don't need it. You don't need the news. It's not that good for you. <laughs> Prediction, Coulson? Three and one. Four and a. <laughs> so it's, it's a four game? Four, four game. game. I'm going to go with uh, one and three. Uh, you know, you know, I'm going sweep. Zero four. Zero four mm. sweep. I feel like weirdly we're gonna go two and two, and we're gonna be wildly confused. <laughs> it's super like, excited why for is next this week. Happening? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, like angry. We're gonna be angry. <laughs> it's like, like the mad on. that we're winning games. Yes. I would be shocked if a team that so far, yeah, I mean, we are three and sixteen on the road this year, and we're playing the toughest oh. teams out in the West. Three and sixteen. So atrocious. It is amazing. Oh my god, that's so bad. <laughs> yep. And we're playing the best teams in the, the oh, West. It's like a fifteen percent win. Um so can I do a, an apology real quick? Uh I think uh yep. we threw off I'm waiting. The, the, uh, we threw off the fans uh last week. Uh I think we told them that uh Lance was re signed for the entire season. We had information on that on the internet. Good point. Good point. And you mm-hmm. should not trust the internet all the time. Um, apparently, he's just signed another 10-day contract. Um, he is still on the team. But at the end of this week, uh, I, I, next time you hear our pod, he will probably be done with that 10-day contract. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, He'll be close. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, what I'm saying is if this team doesn't sign him uh, long-term – 
I'm probably going to go on strike for the rest of the season. Oh, can I? <laughs> do no. we need to pick I, another team no, to like? No, do a I already said, I said it first, Harper. You have to watch all the games. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> well, you'd be you shocked to know Lance that back, if you don't bring Lance back, you don't care about winning. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, according to the uh, Sportsline projection, uh, we now have less than a 1% chance of making the dance at all. So, cool. 1% chance to make them dance. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for listening. I mean, uh, I guess. <laughs> no, definitely thank you for listening. Oh, no, listening. no, no. Thank them. I'm glad they're listening. Um. But man, this is rough. Yeah. Uh, Boo kudos on the to Pacers. You for following the Pacers this season. Uh, <laughs> or for keep in touch with listening us, to us uh, instead of watching. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, we'll keep you up to date on what's going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah you don't right. have to watch them anymore. You just listen to us. This is, the, this is our new marketing campaign. <laughs> don't watch the terrible team. Listen to this terrible podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think I smell a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> seems like a t-shirt. Uh, we'll be back with you on Thursday to uh, further delve into the crappiness that is this team. Uh, if you want to reach out to us between now and then, you can do so on Twitter. We are at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Uh, if you go to our website, TheUndebeatables.com, there's a contact form there. And you can also use a good old-fashioned uh, AOL uh, email and shout out at theundebeatables.com. Uh, and speaking of t-shirts, I think we still have one schmedium left. I forgot to get it <clears throat> when I went home to Indy. So yeah. it's still there. No, so you but guys got to buy it. We've got the yeah. other ones in the queue. I mean, like, they're queued up. We're ready to send out new t-shirts. Somebody's got to get the schmedium. It could be you. Me? No, the listener. Okay. <laughs> you sing. <laughs> For the architect, Donnie Walsh. <laughs> and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sick Leonard. Turn out the lights. The party is over. Uh, so cabin fever has fully uh, taken over. <laughs> I can't leave my there. house. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right, that's a thing. You, you realize you're just making Harper's job either very easy or <laughs> very hard. Yeah, he knows that I'm not going to cut anything out. <laughs> I might I need to edit this one. We'll see. I need to take the reins.